Hello and welcome to Cowl Fans, a popped-off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Allure Moore. I'm Haller. And we're going to jump right in to a recap of this past week's All-Star Games, mm. which were just a blast. <laughs> yes. I had so much fun. It was really fun. It seemed like they... Um they kind of made it more lighthearted this year and yeah. let the players have a little bit more fun and make it less serious. Mm -hmm. And it did seem like overall that was a um, a boon to the broadcast. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I As usual, I like the talent takedown. Yes. And out of the talent takedown comes Brenji, Brito Maker, <laughs> Brecking Ball... What Mostly the Brito Maker. Though. Mostly the Brito Maker. Everyone started talking about it. The Brenji was honestly awful. <laughs> there were some points that was just like, Bren, throw your shurikens. Bren, you need to be building a dragon blade. Why are you just jumping there? There's a reason that they're <laughs> not professional players, okay? <laughs> All right? It was hilarious. I always enjoy the talent takedown. Puckett jumping up, doing his doom fist into the air mm. off of his table this, was this hilarious. This was really fun for, like, the juxtapositions of the two teams where you had the Atlantic team right. just, like, acting a fool, jumping up after every game, doing the whole Doomfist thing. And then you have, like, the Pacific team who's, like, really trying to be serious <laughs> and, like, try-hardy um, and weren't really doing all that much, like, I guess you could call it, like, fan service or something like that, right? Like, right. really interacting with the crowd versus the Atlantic team who were, like, really just kind of playing around and running stupid things and still winning. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's a testament to positive, to PMA positive mental attitude yeah, on the right? ladder, right? Yeah. Like, if you're on a team that's having fun, you're probably going to win that game. True. And look at that. <laughs> so, lo and behold, True. the talent takedown proves this to us. Yeah. And people playing comps that sometimes you wouldn't even see on the ladder. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Mm. Oh, man. And you know what else was glorious about the talent takedown? What else was glorious about the talent takedown? Dos, dos, dos. No <laughs> no goats. No triple tank, triple support. All 2-2-2 two, two, two as God intended. I, I need to let you know, my wife and I had a harder time following what was happening in this. And you could tell that, first off, first off, Let's start here. You could tell that the the camera crew for the game has not been doing two 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 for a while. Yeah, they were not sure where the action was going to happen, and they mm -hmm. were always they were hunting it. And you could tell they were hunting it because they bounced back and forth between characters. It was pretty disorienting yeah. after watching goats getting used to goats. I'm used to goats at this point, and yep. I like it. Yeah, I not like gonna it. lie, I like goats. It was kind of offsetting to try and spectate 222 mm. it is much e it was much easier on me the spectator to watch goats than it was to watch 222 mm -hmm. granted 222 was a lot of fun like there were fun things that happened that just don't happen in goats and jordan yeah. went oh i see why people don't like goats that was lots of fun but the <laughs> spectating experience as a whole not nearly as good yeah it's just not yeah and they just need to remember um kind of when to look at people and be able to recognize those sorts of things. Right. Yeah, as you said, I think they're probably really out of practice. I don't know how much they're watching multiple different perspectives at once and saying switch to this perspective. Right. Because in GOATS, they think they've just gotten really used to 
just showing showing team fights and then show being a tank, on, zoom out, being watch on the team who's fight. with goats. It's just probably honestly like the easiest broadcasting experience we've ever had in the history of like of Overwatch. Right. It's a bit different because you have to have a lot more um, third person camera control. Um, yeah. For these overhead perspective of team fights, that's probably a little bit different and maybe a little bit more technical than what we used to need to do, rather than just riding a first person view mm -hmm. the majority of the time. But you don't have to make these decisions where you have all these things and you're just like, I want to get on Tracer's cam because I see that Tracer is actually setting up a good flank and I think this one's going to work out. You actually have to have a bit of game sense for these sorts of you things. You do. Um, and then I think there's just some things like. That were just fundamentally weird. Like, if there's no team fight going on, if, like, one team's way over here and the other team's way over here, you need to be on the Widowmaker cams because that's literally the only, only place that that's going to be action. We don't we don't need to see a Reinhardt, like, slapping a wall waiting for his shield to come up or something like that, right, when they're no not good. engaging. Only the Widowmaker's going to be getting picked. So just some fundamentals that'll probably just come back as... If this ever became meta again, right. I'm not too worried about it. But yeah, uh, it's different. And um, I was on a podcast, podcaster roundtable. Right, last night. Uh, yeah, Saturday night. No, Saturday night. Um, Whatever. Which is a lot of fun. And that's something that they brought up as well. Um, I've totally lost my point. Yeah, you have. I don't even remember what I was talking about. It's okay. We were talking about. The showdown, the all-star game. Yes. And I was talking about 2-2-2. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't oh, know. Sorry, no. guys. It's early. We're professionals. Yes. This is the first time this has happened on the podcast that it I've is. just completely lost my train of thought. It is. Great points about nothing. Well done. Yeah. I had <laughs> a good point. <laughs> and then... <laughs> All right. So... Let's um, move on from that. So let's move on from that. We had... Then we had the 1v1 Widowmaker tournament... Mm -hmm. which was, as always, very entertaining. Last year, I think it was the highlight of the All-Star game. I agree. This year, I think it was still the highlight of the All-Star game. Yeah. We'll get to the rest of it, but, yeah. you know. And they let the players come up and sit behind the mm. Widowmaker players. This was so great. I think that's the best decision they've made so far about the All-Star game. I think it was really fun. It definitely changed the tone. It did. Um, between that and then, uh, as you, I'm sure you just kind of alluded to, the players that they decided to have play, mm -hmm. it made the Widowmaker duel feel like last year it felt like a true competition to show who the best Widowmaker is. It did feel less like that this, this year. This felt more for fun. And it, it was fun. It was lots I of fun. I enjoyed it. It was, there was a lot of showmanship in it. Yeah. Um, rare... Rare glimpses of the players showing emotion. Um, it's true. It's true. It was lots of fun. But did I really feel like we maybe came out seeing who the best Widowmaker is? Probably because of just how bad DM bodied everyone. I think that's probably fair to say, but it didn't feel like as much of a no. serious competition. No, it really before. didn't. So I agree with you there. Did not feel like a serious competition. And part of that was due to the lack of actual Widowmaker mains. I mean, let's be honest yeah. about that. We had support mains in Jonak, mm -hmm. Shu, um, Violet. Was Violet? Yeah. yeah. Violet got bodied. Right. <laughs> we had, and then, you know, now, um, and, and so our Widowmaker mains were what? Pine, Diem, 
arguably Nene. Nene's a DPS main, but we've never seen him play Widowmaker. Yeah, really, but he so used to play it in Contenders a little okay. bit. Okay, all right. So we really only had three Widow mains. There was one. Uh, Carpe was in it. Oh, Carpe was in Carpe, it. Carpe, right. Fleta. And Fleta, right? But yeah. it just three out of the eight Widowmakers yes. that make it into this. Correct. Almost half of our players are flex supports. Are flex supports, yeah. not Widowmakers. Mm -hmm. Now, they play Zenyatas Anna. and Anas, and that makes sense, and they should have similar skill sets. I really would have liked to see some more actual Widowmaker mains in there. Like, yeah. you know, the Widowmaker who made All-Stars that didn't show up. Yeah, that was Where like was one Saya thing. Player? Like, I get that you had to pick from a certain pool of players. Sure, yeah. Right? Like, I would have loved that you just, this was considered a separate event, and you invited what you would consider the top eight Widowmakers. Yeah, right? that would have been fun. Rather than just picking from the all-star team pool, but whatever, that's the decision that was made. So you had to pull from the all-star team. Right. Why wasn't Saya player pulled? Why did we have three New York Excelsior members from the Atlantic Division? Did not Out of the good. four players in total, when yeah. we could have had Saya player in. Listen... We know Florida Mayhem's not good and doesn't have the best reputation. But Saya Player has always had a great reputation on Widowmaker. Yeah. And I also know that he has not been as well-practiced on Widowmaker. But I would have loved to have seen him warm up and beat the snot out of somebody else in a Widowmaker duel. Mm -hmm. like, that would have been a blast. Yeah. Just saying. I don't Just know saying. if Saya didn't want to do it or what happened, but it, was, it, felt, it felt weird not having Saya in. And I feel like maybe Decay on the Pacific side might have had a Widow. Like, one thing I liked... Kind of as a segue, but like to bring as a point here as well. Something I liked about this All Star game, um, and granted, I mostly only watched the first map of the actual All Star game, but I enjoyed that the Atlantic Division rolled out on heroes they're known for. Mm. I don't think it's fun to watch Fleta roll out on Lucio. Sure. Like I don't, I don't enjoy the role swapping. Yeah, I can thing. see that. Like I, I, I'm not expecting these teams to practice. Um, I'm not taking the competition super seriously. But I, but Pine gets voted in because we want to see him play Widowmaker. Widowmaker, right? And McCree. Like Carpe is getting voted in because we want to see him play Tracer. Or if you're gonna play three three, we want to see you on Zarya, right? I don't want to see Carpe on Reinhardt or anything like that. Any of the shenanigans. Um, that you sometimes see, or like the Pacific team rolled out with. They were all on different roles, and the Atlantic's like, well, tough. We're just going to play our roles. Um, and then they beat them and kind of forced them to switch. And I don't know if that stayed the case. I don't remember very well. But that was I at the very least enjoyed that, and I would like to see that in the Widowmaker 1v1 as well. I think the All-Star game should be fun. I like that they had more of a focus on it. I think at the very least, players should be required to play the roles that they normally do because it makes it's it's more fun I'm for not, the fans. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be real honest here. The actual All-Star game, it feels like to me, is the least exciting part of the entire All-Star event. I'd agree. I couldn't be bothered to go back and watch it. No, and I, I, I watched like most of it. I don't remember what happened. I wasn't super entertained by it. I put it on in the background, did other things around my house. You know, like that's what happened. I was like, yeah. these guys are going to goof off. They're going to have a good time. Now, <clears throat> I don't really mind people picking off their hero roles or what they're known for, to be fair. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
Fletta wants to not Fletta. Who'd you say want to play Lucio? I, I said Fletta as an Fletta. example. Fletta play Lucio. I don't care. Bumper play Hanzo. Well, you do that in real g- in real things anyways, so whatever. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind. It's for fun, right? And, you know, all these players probably have to flex when they're playing ladder. So this is just a big ladder game for them. It doesn't really bother me any. But they don't want to flex <coughs> when they're on ladder. They get frustrated when they get into a game and they have to switch to support. Well, sure. But <laughs> and now for them to come into the All-Star game and just take it for fun is like, why wouldn't you do this in ladder willingly? Right. I don't. I don't know. So I'm just... I don't really care very much about what they do in that particular game. What I really care about, though, is for like th- they did a bunch of fun arcade modes with them. I thought they were a blast and a half, honestly. Really? Watching people pop off on some of these arcade modes, I really enjoyed. Now, what I wish they would have done is like they did an all McCree and Ash mode. I really wish they would have put all their good aimers, right? Everybody from the Widowmaker battles... Everybody who didn't get into the Widowmaker Battles who also plays Hitscan Heroes, I'm going to blast, right? That would have been an actual fun thing to do. Tanks don't belong in that game. <laughs> go home, Bumper. Go home, Fate. Did Fate even get in there? Probably not. He I got traded. That's the one event I didn't really watch. Right. You know, like, th- I don't think they need to put the, the people who aren't going to succeed and shine in those kinds mm-hmm. of events into those particular maps. Right. But, you know, then they had the Tanks But No Tanks, which was all tanks, Right towards the end there and i just feel like mm. they need to just put yes. their tanks in that the and just have a little sh- have actual show matches that put the hit scans against the hit scans and the tanks against the tanks and the whenever supports against the supports because they did a supports one too i'm pretty sure if i'm remembering straight that would have been a lot more fun than what they did was just throw everybody in there see what they all do when they're playing tanks <laughs> i agree wholeheartedly that was but kind of my point well but i don't see but I only feel that way about that particular those games. Those modes. I don't feel like that about the actual All Star game. I feel like the All Star game is a giant goof off yeah. session, anyways, and so I don't really care. The problem with the arcade games, although I feel like they are just as much, if not more, of a goof off mode than the normal All Star game. Um, okay. The problem with all of those is there wasn't a single tank be played in any of the four modes so you had to throw the tanks in randomly in as a support or was as a there DPS. was a there was an entire tank mode no was it not nope i could have swore i read that there was an entire there was the first thing was all supports the second thing was only supports and dps then it was genji's and hanzo's and then right. it was all mccree there was no no tanks what because tanks but no tanks was a mode Oh, um, it's oh. heroes never die. Was a mode. Um, right. Okay. I don't hide. It's high noon or whatever the heck the McCree showdown was called, and then the the brothers the brothers duel. There was no right. tank mode. So granted, they had to come in somewhere. But I don't know. I think compared to like the one map I got to watch of the All Star game was more fun for me than watching the idiocy of Genji v Hanzo. Mm. Like some of those modes, just especially. Assault is a very good game mode on the professional level because it requires a lot of strategy. Right. Just watching Genji's and Hanzo 60 PS be 60 PS with no strategy just kind of crash into each other (laughs) wasn't that fun, especially since it was mostly just the on point A, the attackers would just take it in a second and then you'd get stalled out forever on point Point B B. because the advantage is slipped or uh, flipped, I should say. So... I don't know. It was it was fun, I I suppose. 
Um, but I don't know. The arcade games, there's probably room to play around that with that more in the future. Maybe like switching to something from the workshop if certain modes get really popular in there and are mm. just well accepted by the Overwatch community. I would love to see those sorts of Does things be yeah. played. Um, I would love to see some of these Overwatch teams come up with workshop drills, too, and have some of those drills make it into the All-Star game. Yeah. I think that'd yeah. be a blast. I think that'd be really cool. Like, I want to see more showcases of s uh, of individual skill. Yeah. Um, like the Widowmaker 1v1. Cause, and I would like, although I do like the lightheartedness of the All-Star game, like, I think the actual 6v6 All-Star game needs to remain lighthearted sure um, but i would like some more serious competitions of skill like if you think about in baseball like the home run derby like that's something that people take seriously right um free throws and basketball those sorts of competitions i don't yeah. know basketball as well but like there gotcha. are these sorts of competitions in different sports where you say okay we're going to show our mechanical our just raw talent in these different areas and it makes for some it, it's it's exciting to watch, right. and I would like to see more things like that. And if you can use the workshop to maybe um, have these drills that really showcase yeah. mechanical skill, like how quick can you get through this course that involves like targets popping up and you need to like headshot them or something like that, right? Right. Like these sorts of things would be cool, and see who gets out with the fastest time. Like that would be sick. Or any way you can have these players showcase their raw skill on these heroes, I would love to see more. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, but the true highlight of the All-Star Games, there's only one true highlight. The Brito Maker versus, versus Gesture. Oh, my Battle goodness. Of the century. That's the one thing I went back and watched from the All-Star game. This so <laughs> hilarious. And so, <coughs> excuse me. For the first time ever in the Caster's Nest, we get Sideshow. They're exclusively to rail on bread the whole time. <laughs> I honestly with Golden Boy. loved the Golden Boy side. It was duo. perfect. Like it, it needed to be that for this Brenji mm. for this Brito Maker duel. It was hilarious. And then they kept co they kept phoning into his comms. Which is something I didn't even realize that they could do. That was kind of neat. Right. And <laughs> I'm not gonna let them live rent free. I'm not. They're not living rent. Gesture's not living rent free. <laughs> that was like oh my gosh! Like <laughs> oh my goodness! It was hilarious. And then Bren gets two dinks onto the gesture. White mm. goes up two, gets two points, and loses seven to two. I mean, gesture by it away hands it to him. Yep. Goes here. There's your L. Go away. <laughs> but honestly, I was surprised that Bren got two hits. Yeah, even I against was the tank, too. I was. I didn't think he was. Uh, he was gonna do it. He did it. Yeah. It was excellent. Very good job, Bren. I have to admit, you've impressed me. Wait, you you beat a main tank, twice. Twice on Widowmaker. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> all the big head jokes, and then Zoe's recap of what went wrong. Did you stick around to watch yes, Zoe's recap of I what did. went wrong? Yes. As you, as what we like got here is Bren's first mistake. Oh, look at that. He joins the lobby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. His second mistake. Walks out of Walks spawn. Walks out of the spawn. You, sh you shouldn't have done that, friend. Oh, my gosh. 
that I was, was dying. That was hysterical. I <laughs> love that was probably yeah my favorite thing. I love the talent there. I loved little Zoe's recap afterwards. Yeah. That was so funny. And like Golden Boy was actually bringing the hype. Like he I was. thought as out of all the casters for Widowmaker. Golden Boy is a perfect fit for catching a Widowmaker game because you just need to hear someone scream when a headshot goes out. That's basically what that's what you need, and that's what he. And Golden Boy is very good at that. (laughs) So I really enjoyed that paired with the the analysis from Sideshow, basically (laughs) just railing Bren as hard as possible. It was, oh, what a joy! Mm. I did have a huge, a, a huge, don't do this again, Blizzard. To Blizzard, if you're okay. watching this, don't read tweets off the wall. Oh, yes. I that agree. was so dumb. I agree. That what a waste really of bad. all of our time. Um, if you need to kill time, go to another commercial break and let us read tweets for ourselves. Yeah. Please yeah. don't do that again. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, yes. Agreed. Oh, man. All right. We're going to move on. We're going to move on to some things that we're thinking about in the future. That aren't necessarily Overwatch League. Yes. We're only now. Spoiler alert: There's no Overwatch. There's league no Overwatch for the League next, for the like, next two weeks. Two weekends, right? Yeah. So, what we have now is we get to think about things that are going to have impact on the future of Overwatch League. Hmm. Okay. Mm. And the first thing I want to start with is the World Cup and the way the World Cup has been scheduled this year. Mm. I can't really talk about the World Cup schedule because I don't know it. And I don't really, and I'll, I, it'll show up on my Twitter feed when it's time. It'll show up on your Twitter feed likely too. I will say it's way later this year. So normally yeah. like things would kick up in August and it would span over like months. Right. Leading up to BlizzCon. This year it's just like a week so, before BlizzCon. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to be running all of their group stages at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal because right now, Overwatch League has to worry about one broadcast at a time. And mm-hmm. it's a lengthy broadcast, but it's one broadcast. But next year, when there's localization, there is not only the potential, but I dare say the guarantee that you will have more than one match running at a given time. Yeah. It's going to happen. You know? Could you're going to have possible. you're going to have a New York game, you're going to have a Florida game and they're both going to happen to be home games that week. And darn it, they're probably going to start at exactly the same time. And so, since Overwatch League is still going to be handling all of the broadcasting, they have to figure out how to broadcast more than one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Here's their testing ground. This is huge, right? Yeah. This is also where they tested last year. They tested the World Cup viewer, which allowed people to go in and in client observe games, which was a big deal. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen that come to fruition in Overwatch League yet. I think We've they want to do We it. heard rumors way back in Stage 1 that it was going to be Stage 3. I haven't heard any rumbling since. I haven't either. So, no. so, but that was still, that was the testing ground. I have a feeling it'll show back up so that people can watch these games again right. and do analysis and recap videos because mm-hmm. those are going to be super important, right? Because not only does Blizzard need to manage broadcasting these games, Blizzard also needs to make sure that there is sufficient recap afterwards that's concise and to the point that can let people know this is what happened. Because that's what we're going to need from the Overwatch League, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to need... Uh, not maybe not even a thirty-minute episode of Watchpoint. Maybe an hour-long episode of Watchpoint. Probably twice a week. Going, this is what happened. Here's the analysis. This is what's going on. And maybe it doesn't need to be Watchpoint. There's lots of people like us out here making content, talking about games and things. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe that's how that goes down. They just start to lean on yeah. lean on content ESPN creators. ESPN could start putting out more content. Right. So but just the fact that it's happening is huge. We're gonna get to see a little taste of mm. what this is gonna be like next year. And this is gonna be a testing grounds for them to see how it's how it's received as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's something that they did last year is they wanted to see, okay, what if we cut down desk segments in the Overwatch League and focus more kind of on um, the casters doing the recaps after the game rather than doing a second desk segment um, right. after the game ends. That's something they tried, and it was in an attempt to make things more concise. They liked it. They put it into the Overwatch League, and I know you have your opinions that you like the desk more. I do. But you can say that there's definitely less downtime in these games, there which is. I think has helped viewership. I think it's helped viewership only in so much as there are so many games in a single broadcast. Yeah. I think next year, I don't think it's going to help viewership anymore. I think people were more likely to turn off the, the stream, though, mm. um, during those death segments. So, But, yeah, it'll be a different beast next it'll year. It'll be a different right? beast next year. You're going to have a single game in a single broadcast time And it's time not going to be like they're going back to back to back to back to back, I think, as much. Just no. because you're going to have a, maybe on the same day, there's a game airing from Paris and a game airing from Guangzhou, China. Right, right? and there's going to be a game, <laughs> and then there's going to be like four hours, and there's going to be another game. Yeah. So this it's going to be important for them to really spend time hyping and anal- and doing analysis and having a good time in those downtimes, right? Mm-hmm. Because four maps of Overwatch really doesn't take all that long. Yeah. It's the breaks in between and the little things like that that happen that make it become an event that's worth spending your money to go to, mm-hmm. right? So they need that. Yes. So that'll be really good, I think. I'm, I'm hoping for more interesting of that. to keep an eye on, and it'll be interesting as a as a viewer as well to kind of get the feel as well of what this is going to be like of not having the ability really to just watch every game live. Right. It's like true. we can now. It's true. Um, also, another huge thing coming up is contenders are finally running lands. Yeah. Huge, massive lands. Mm-hmm. These are big deal lands. Yeah, so this is going to be really cool, particularly for regions like um, North America and Europe who really haven't got to participate in lands basically since the Overwatch League started. Since before the Overwatch League started, really. Contender Season 0 and Season 1 were a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was there the, was lands the, at the end the of those. The playoffs, yeah. The yep, playoffs were right. lands. Um, and then I remember there was one time, like, Fusion Uni played um, in a show match. I think it was a really early... Con- um, thing of contenders, and they okay. went up against the British Hurricanes. I remember that, but then after that, like land disappeared. Hmm. So this is going to be a cool opportunity to actually see teams from um, play physically in one location. But it's also going to be cool because this is going to be the first time we're really seeing different regions come up against each other. Because there's always these arguments on like places like Twitter or Reddit, right? Like, of what's the best contenders region? You have these people who are like, Korea, oh, Korea, Korea is the best, obviously, right? And you're crazy if you don't say it's Korea. Look at um, GC Busan is now London Spitfire. Right. Look at LW Blue becoming the New York Excelsior. Yada 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 right. yada. Like, look at all these all Korean teams. Like, how good they do. Um, and then you also have the people who are like, Eagle Gaming would have been the best team in the Overwatch League. And British Hurricane are the best team in the world and things like that, right? And, like, saying EU are the best. People are like, nah, Fusion University is the best Mayhem team Academy ever. this past yeah. contender season. Mm-hmm. So even though they uh, didn't even qualify 
for for this land because they bombed out in the playoffs. Oof. Um, but That's they did go undefeated, and they took down a team that hadn't lost in like a year. Yeah, it was crazy in, in the history of that that team um, existing, Fusion University. So you have all these teams and people arguing what region is the best. Now we get to prove it. We right. won't get the Korea to NA and EU comparison yet. That will happen, but it will be between the end of the Overwatch League and the beginning of World Cup. And the beginning of the World Cup. So it's going to take place in October. Overwatch League ends on the 29th of September. Mm-hmm. And then um, the World Cup will be BlizzCon, which is always the first week of November. In between that, there's going to be something called the Gauntlet, where Korea, EU, NA. Every um, region is going to get to send at least one team into this gauntlet. Yes, if they qualify. I think some right. of the lesser regions, it's like if you bomb out. In like really early on, really yeah. Early if you really bracket, bomb out, you you're gonna it. lose a slot, and if you really get, and if you get all the way to the end, you're gonna gain a slot for your region. Is how yeah. it's working. So it's it's it. They're they're doing it's confusing, but I think it's the best way they could do it. Yeah. So it's gonna be cool. It's like gonna be a really good place to scout the talent you can expect to see coming up to Overwatch League. So right. if you want to get a sense of like, well, I didn't know who BQB was coming into the season, like. This is the time to do that. This is this is the way to start to learn. Like, why is Decay getting three hundred thousand dollars to play in the Overwatch League? Reportedly, right? Right. This is a place to really get to sh- get to check out these things. Um, and it's really convenient as well because, guys, there's no Overwatch League for the next two weeks, so it's not like weeks before where you're just like overwhelmed. Like, I would love to watch contenders. I watch contenders in the off season of the Overwatch League. There's just no time when right. I'm trying to keep up with Overwatch League games as well to also watch contenders. I would just watch Mayhem Academy here and there, especially if I knew it was like going to be a good match. Yeah. Otherwise, forget about it, you know? But like now, it's what else am I going to do? Hey there, everybody. This is Alurimore from the Calfan Show. You're going to notice that the show was kind of over, but it didn't feel like it was over. That's because we experienced some technical difficulties this morning. For those of you who don't know, over the summer, the studio that we record in is being renovated. And so it's kind of, well, all just piled here in the middle because it's facing to get painted and be under construction. So we had some problems. So I'm very sorry about that. I hope you were able to enjoy what part of the show was available to you. And hopefully next week we'll have it figured out so that we can still record even if we're still under construction in here. But do be looking forward to the future because the show's only going to get better from here. We share this space with an academy. These renovations are being done by them but being led by me. So they should be really top-notch. You should be looking forward to lots of great stuff coming out of the show in the future. And things just only getting better. Thanks for watching. On behalf of Howler, who is already at work, I'm Alurimore. Thank you for watching, Cal fans. Make sure to give us a like and a follow. Big thanks to the Popped Off guys. Bye-bye.